0: employee benefits, retention, and more on today's episode. Are you a leader trying to get more from your business and life? Me too. So join me as I document the conversations, stories, and advice to help you achieve what matters in your life. Welcome to Unbound with me, Chris Dubois. Doug Brown is the founder and president of Manage to Retain and Engage to Perform, offering programs dedicated to helping businesses throughout Canada and the United States retain employees. 30 years of management has given Doug insight into the benefits that supported and fulfilled employees bring to a business. Doug uses company and employee feedback data to uh, better understand employee needs, concerns, and challenges to develop and provide training and structure processes for mid level managers that strengthen relationships with employees cultivate positive emotions and work experiences, and ensure their needs are met. Through these focuses, Doug has helped businesses thrive through decreased turnover, improved company morale, and increased managerial skills that grow and engage their employees. Doug, welcome to Unbound.
1: Well, thanks so much, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here, and I look forward to our discussion today.
0: Yeah. Uh, just, just with reading that bio, there's so much that we're going to be able to dive into. And yeah, so, there is. Uh, why don't we start with uh, with your origin story?
1: Yeah, I'll uh, give you a little background. Um, I guess um, going back uh, to my graduation from university, I got involved in the food industry and spent uh, about 15 to 20 years actually in the processing side of the food industry and then transferred over to the sales side of, of the food industry and You know, my professional career uh, continued on with some different firms uh, beyond that. But I I think it's important to note in in 2000, the year 2000, 99, 2000, uh, I had started a a business uh, for our children called Recognition Rewards and it was really just an opportunity to uh, help the kids learn a little bit about the business world and you know earn a little bit of money and see you know what's required from a, a customer relationship and fulfilling those needs and those kind of things. Um, And we were trying to obviously help um, businesses recognize and appreciate their employees. And I I still believe that's really a cornerstone today in, in the retention process and as well Mm -hmm. as engagement. But, you know, the business grew for a while and um, you know, we had an opportunity to, to progress and, and then around, I would say 2007, 2008, uh, I started another business uh, called Engage to Perform. And that really was the result of kind of recognizing that there was much more to um, employee engagement and motivation and loyalty than than recognition and and uh, appreciation. So, what we wanted to do with Engage to Perform is, is better understand the needs of employees. And uh, the the main focus of Engage to Perform was uh, employee engagement surveys. And over those the last 12, 14 years, we've had a um, really been able to do a deep dive into the employees' needs, their goals, their concerns, their challenges, um, all those kind of things, and get a real, I think, comprehensive understanding of of what they they're looking for in a a working career. Mm -hmm. And then I would say in, in about uh, a year and a half, two years ago, we started to read a lot about the great resignation. And I'm sure you've heard of that. And I'm sure your audience has heard of that. And it really was, um, was factual of course. And, and, and really what it was is, is we did start to see increased turnover levels in, in many industries and many sectors. And, you know, given our, understanding of, of some of the employee needs and, and we felt we had some solutions to offer businesses so um, uh, managed to retain basically that was the genesis of managed to retain and for the last year that's been the main focus of my efforts is to help businesses understand there are there are solutions there are effective pr- processes to to help build um, a strong retention within organizations so hopefully that gives you a quick overview
0: yeah. No. And again, well, so many places we can go into here. So yeah. I'd like to start uh, by just talking about like why why are employees leaving? So I think if we can grasp that understanding, yeah, then we can you know, solve like- the problem, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not sure. In all honesty, Chris, I have all the answers. Uh, I can give you a few thoughts uh, from my my yeah. side. Um, you know, because there's so many factors involved, and and different employees leave for different reasons. But certainly, there are financial considerations, uh, remuneration considerations, um, and and this goes to salary and, and benefits and bonuses and uh, many different ways that businesses are trying to attract and retain their employees through through compensation. So that that's one factor. I also think it's really important to note that there are many uh, non-financial factors on, on real why employees may may leave and we probably all heard the phrase employees leave managers or bosses they don't leave companies mm-hmm. and and that's true today and as it has been in the past there certainly if the relationship between a manager and an employee is not strong if, if they are not communicating well if there's distrust if they're you know, if there's criticism, if they just, you know, aren't on the same wavelength kind of thing, it can often lead to, to resignations. Um, But there's, there's many other reasons. There's, there's culture, toxic culture. Sometimes people leave just to, uh, you know, they're moving to a different city or or their, their wife might have a new career or they have a better opportunity somewhere, or they're, they're not growing or advancing at the, What they expect, Um, uh, or in some cases, the the job role and the responsibility doesn't meet their expectations. It's not really what they signed on for. Mm -hmm. So there really is a variety of reasons, and um, but I think those two main classifications, financial and non financial, Mm -hmm. really cover most, if not all, of the reasons. And
0: right. And so when we're looking at the ones that we can actually influence, right, like not the, the spouse.
1: Moving for
0: a for a different job opportunity. What conversations should we start having with our teams, you know, now that can kind of Mm -hmm. get ahead of this?
1: That's a great question, and uh, I'd say that I think it's critical and and crucial that managers have um, regular conversations with their employees. And you know, when I when I look at and when we study retention, um, you know, I guess it's a fair question to ask who's who's responsible for retention. Who, who Who's in the strongest position to influence and impact retention? And you know in our survey work and our studies and the feedback from companies and managers and and um, business owners and executives and things like that, it almost always comes back to the manager. And not that it's all on their shoulders, but they're in the strongest position likely to influence those retention drivers, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think, uh, employee recognition and appreciation is still one of the cornerstones. Well, if you were to say, who's going to recognize them, who knows when they've gone above and beyond and achieve something great. Most people say it's their manager. If you're looking to, let's say autonomy is another key retention driver. If you're looking to see, uh, you know, whether they have independence and, um, you know, empowerment in their job to make decisions and do the work the way way they see fit, it's it's the manager that will also always, almost always have that trust in the employee Mm -hmm. to allow them to be autonomous in their work. So where I was going with this is that I, I think the conversations between a manager and employee are crucial because they enable the manager to understand, you know, three, four, five key things that are really important to the employee. And, you know, every employee is different and we all have our unique needs and goals and interests, but to be able to understand those and then maybe act on them or support them to a degree is, is really crucial to building that relationship and engaging the employee.
0: Right. And so you almost need like a train the trainer type setup where the the CEO is able to ensure the managers have what they need. They yeah. understand how to facilitate these conversations.
1: Yeah, it's, so they it's can go do it. yeah, it's true. And um, again, uh, as I said, the, the managers really can't do it on the on their own. They need commitment from the senior leadership, from the ownership group, mm-hmm. that says, "Hey, retention's important. Uh, we're serious about you know retaining our talent. We put a lot of time and effort and investment into." You know, um, maximizing the talent that we've got and, and helping them make the contributions that we need and want from them, we certainly mm-hmm. don't want to see after we've done all that work and effort, them to turn around and, and walk out the door, so to speak, after 12 months right. or 18 months or something like that. So um, the the senior leaders, you know, need to uh, I think explain to mid level managers that they play an important role in the retention process. I would also suggest that they they have to step forward and say, "All right, we we recognize and we want you to be more involved in, re, in in retaining our talent, but we also want to help you. We want to give you the skills and abilities. We want to invest in that training. We want to make sure that we have processes in place that can help with retention. So we they have a role to play for sure, as does human resources. So it's it's a combination of all those things."
0: Yeah. And so I guess what trends would you be looking for within the business, either to identify individuals or maybe like a systemic issue across your team to get an idea that retention is about to be a problem?
1: Yeah, I think um, there, there's we have a tool that we use. It's called the retention risk analyzer. And really um, what we had done with some of our previous data is boil it down into about 20, around 20 main categories that affect retention and um and and employees leaving and so to understand how really it's an assessment of how connected employees are to their organization and it's Mm -hmm. based on some personal connections it's based on some emotional feelings about the company it's based on their their career experience is it a rewarding career experience is it is it fulfilling for them uh, and then also the, uh, I would say, career growth and development. You know, if, if an employee has a goal that, a career goal that they want to get to a certain point and uh, they they want a certain type of work that will challenge them and help them grow, they most often need training. They need development. They need support to get there along the way. So that, and if they lack if that's lacking, then, you know, it's another case that uh, they may not, um, may not be happy within their role. So. I think there was something else on your question there. Did I miss that, Chris? Or uh, What trends? Either you know, trends, trends correct. For like, yeah, individuals. Yeah, or- I, I think there are some different trends. I think that you're, uh, you know, first of all, you're starting to see much younger generations come into the workforce. I think the estimate now is, uh, I think Gen Zs and, and millennials probably make up 35 per, to 40% of the workforce. And one of the trends that we're seeing is they they really do have a different approach to work, uh, sometimes a different attitude towards work. and it's not um, it's not right, it's not wrong. I'm not saying that, but it's just different. And I think there again, to understand what what the employees are seeking and looking for that that's important uh, an important trend to be aware of. I think also you're you're starting to see uh, some some stresses and burnouts that are affecting some decisions. Um, you know, mental health is, is certainly growing. Uh, challenges related to mental health are growing. So that's, that's another area that I think is, is a growing trend and something where perhaps businesses can offer some support and uh, these kind of things. I think the pandemic uh, – um, really kind of shook things up for a few years. I, I believe it's getting a little bit better now and people are a little bit more uh, comfortable with it. But what we did see from that as another trend is now hybrid work and working from home. And those are also key factors that are affecting the workplace. So there, there's, there's several key trends and that's only a few. I'm sure there's, there's many others that we could talk about.
0: Right No, that's great. Um, Let's, so I don't want to spend a ton of time on this one. Okay. Um, but let's go into some of the financial uh, reasons that people would leave or some of the benefits that you could be putting into play to, uh, to keep people. Okay. I, and I'm, I say this because I, I feel like it's probably easier to come up with compensation packages than it is to do the non-financial pieces. But Yeah. Um, well, yeah.
1: I think um, one of the <laughs> keys is is organizations – want to know that they're competitive in the marketplace and it's, it's it can't be a by guessing by golly kind of thing um you know i i think they they probably get feedback they talk to other business owners and things like that there's there's also various services out there and we we partner with them a little bit in case somebody's looking for something to Understand how competitive there is, but salary.com is one, and there's a couple of others that we work with that really can give you kind of a detailed assessment on whether you're competitive or not. So I think that that's one thing that, um, you know, when inflation's going up, the cost of living's going up in many areas, you know, groceries, gasoline, and so on. So rent and things like that. So employees are getting squeezed a little bit financially. So unless organizations are competitive, then then there is um, grounds there, I guess, or, or reasons to say, hey, I might have a better opportunity or I might explore another opportunity to see if I can maybe earn some more money. So that's one thing. And then we're starting to see some different things that are coming into the marketplace. Uh, very quickly, I'll mention that uh, one organization we, we know of and we talk with, uh, they're doing some things to help students pay off their student loans. So again, for the younger generation, that can be an important benefit uh, to help them kind of whittle down their student loan debt. And then on the other side of that, they help young families a little bit with mortgage payments. So again, these are kind of financial incentives, financial benefits that might be attractive and some of the trends that we were starting to see in terms of innovative things. So
0: so I've noticed something that's I think has been happening. I might be completely wrong. Uh, you can tell me if you, you think so. But the with so many startups getting funding and being able to pay basically above, you know, whatever the market's asking for uh, for certain positions, I feel like a lot of people are seeing that as the the minimum bar. Rather than an exception to the, you know, what the market's actually doing, yeah. uh, do you find you find that's a case with a lot of people where they have this unrealistic expectation oh, of where I do
1: their salary. You're comes absolutely from. right, and uh, I think you know, it, uh, in honesty, companies are often driving that a little bit because they're using financial strategies to attract new talent. So they're saying, "Hey, we got to pay them more to to get them away from their current position and role," and um, it's a bit of a two-edged sword because uh, what you start to see is that like, I, I think there's been some examples recently in the, in the tech world where uh, Telus was one. And I think there was, there's a couple others. I can't remember the name where they've just recently laid off, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of employees. And it's because their mm-hmm. their the financial viability doesn't make sense on, on right. carrying all these salaries and, and compensation. So, Mm-hmm. organizations i feel again if i go back to my point have to be competitive um and but you know they they have to ensure that they're competitive and they can't maybe overpay to attract because eventually that that mm-hmm. that has to settle out somewhere and you know i i think it's not always just oh we'll increase our prices to our customers to make up the difference it, it just doesn't work that way so right
0: yeah, I think there were enough companies over the past couple of years that received funding from the government for, you know, various grants, loans, yeah. things like that. Um, and overhired or paid paid yeah. higher. And now we're almost forced to to lay people yeah. off because they just their business yeah, right. couldn't find that viable uh source. <laughs> but so let's let's go into some of the uh the non-financial uh aspects, some of the things that we can be doing in order to entice people without necessarily just fill in their wallet.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I guess I would start by saying that, you know, employees have a choice where they want to work and, you know, ultimately it, it, it's going to boil down to whether or not they enjoy the work. And, you know, they they might be willing to put up with, you know, some of the frustrations and stresses and problems if, if they're earning a, like we talked earlier, a, a higher salary. But at some point, you know, that tipping needle might might kind of tip the balance and, mm-hmm. and go the other way. And and by that, I mean, you, you want to build organizations want to try and build positive emotions and positive feelings around the career. If, if they get too many negative feelings and frustrations and stresses, as I mentioned, and concerns about where they're going in their career, I, I think that ultimately when they get that call from the recruiter, they're they're going to pick up the phone and say, yeah. Tell me a little more about that role. You know, I'll, I'll let you know if it, it interests me or whatever. Whereas if they're they're paid competitively and they're they're fine with that side of things, as and then the the non-financial or the culture or the workplace or the relationships that they enjoy are are strong and positive. Uh, then I think that can go a long way to to also helping uh, uh, to retain employees.
0: Mm-hmm. and so initially we had talked about how the the manager right has a lot of this yeah. uh, the ability to kind of influence and stuff what are some of the different ways that the manager can be you know helping to facilitate that where they might not have been the hiring yeah. party but now that an employee is here right they mm-hmm. have some there's stakes right for that manager to keep the yeah. team members and stuff but like what could they be doing to
1: Well, I think to get people started off on the right foot, uh, onboarding is a crucial time. And um, that orientation and that relationship that develops in the first, you know, six, nine, 12 months can often affect whether that employee will stay long-term. So, you know, as soon as they're hired, if they come into work the first day and nobody helps them find their desk and there's no computer for them to work on and, Nobody, you know, explains where the cafeteria or the lunchroom Mm -hmm. or the washrooms are. And they just give them a stack of papers and say, get started. Um, You know, it might be frustrating. It might be disappointing for the employee. So I think there's certainly that onboarding process. Uh, We have beyond that, you know, including that and beyond it, there's, I think it's important for managers to try and cultivate employee engagement drivers. And these can be things like recognition, autonomy, I mentioned, um, feeling in on things, um, you know, uh, building team camaraderie and morale. Uh, it's, it's funny. I actually uh, read a, a, there was an image on LinkedIn just recently that looked at the, you know, the, the discrepancy or the disconnect between what managers and owners and senior executives often think employees want. And what employees actually want, and oftentimes, um, you know, the the leaders think when an employee leaves, they left for more money, they left for a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. But when you when you get some of that feedback from employees, it's you know there was no recognition, nobody nobody ever appreciated what I did. You know, I I had no autonomy. My my boss was micromanaging me all the time, and I just got frustrated with it. So. There, there are a lot of non-financial things that that really make a can have a powerful impact and influence on, on what the employees, uh, um, need and want. So I hope I, I wasn't yeah. rambling too much. There and got off track. No,
0: it was, no, it was great. Um, so we had also talked about culture starts at the top. Yeah, right. Um, in our previous conversation, how how do you really get this through to leaders? So that they can set the standard for their organization, so that it is easier to retain employees. Yeah, importance.
1: that's a good another great question, and it, it it really is a commitment. It's it's a a focus and a commitment on on retaining talent. And one of the things we like to do, and I think it's important for leaders and owners to understand, is you know what what are the costs associated with turnover, and how how is it affecting our business, and you know why. Why is it important that we we look at retention strategy and, and implementing you know plans and processes to to improve our retention? Why is all that necessary? And I, I think if you really examine the true cost of turnover, you know, I, I, there's there's obviously direct costs where you've got administrative costs, you've got hiring costs, you've got things like that, but there, there's also uh, many many different um, Other factors and and some like, you know, the existing, the remaining employees might have to work overtime. You might have to hire temporary staff. Uh, You might have drops in productivity. You might have quality issues. Mm -hmm. You might have customer concerns when an employee leaves. They don't get the responses they want. The order doesn't receive on uh, received on time. Um, You know, it can affect your brand. In, in the marketplace, your ability to attract and retire. Mm-hmm. And, and then beyond that, I think there's um, there's a lot of what I call value on investment. So everyone's obviously wanting to look at the return on investment, which I think is very strong. If you're able to reduce uh, employee turnover 15, 20%, there's a significant return on that. But I also would suggest right. that there's there's value on investment. And by that, I'm talking about things like morale and engagement which are very difficult to measure but mm-hmm. I think you and I would both agree Chris if you have a company that has really high morale and has really high engagement within their workforce that 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 impacts the bottom line and it impacts the success of the company so that's those are things that I think the senior leadership really needs to look at and say hey you know, we're, this is costing us too much money. Let's, let's try and get some strategy around how can we improve retention?
0: I, I like the way you frame the value yeah. on investment. Yeah. I'm going uh, to steal that. I mean, I'll give you full credit. <laughs> Fair I'm going to use that a lot. <laughs> but uh, okay, one of the last things that I really wanted to dive in, which uh, is leading with empathy. Right, we have we have to be able to understand what what our team does actually want, and what the best way that we can help them by understanding kind of where they're yeah. at. What are some of the things that you've put into play working with other teams, you know, to help them just be more empathetic as a as yeah. a leader? Well, I,
1: I think there's um I'll go back to some of our earlier points there a little bit. I, I think the the mm-hmm. ability to have regular conversations with employees gives you not only builds trust and builds that relationship, but again, it gives you an opportunity to understand needs, understand stresses, understand challenges. And then it might not, might be non-work related. You know, the certain employees might be looking after uh, an aging elder that is, um, that is, you know, uh, in failing health and they're, they're concerned about Mm -hmm. it. They're stressed about it. And they might, you know, have to, take that elder for example to a doctor's appointment so as a boss or manager having the empathy to understand that situation and uh, you know let the employee leave an hour earlier a couple hours earlier or maybe they come in later in the morning or something like that those things can go a long way to to help an employee say hey you know they care about me here they support me here and i think those are all elements of empathy that you know, it's understanding and caring and support, and really trying to show an interest in the employee as a person, and and uh, respect that they have needs and issues and challenges, uh, you know, their own personal uh, things at work and, and beyond work, and and understanding those things and supporting those things can go a long way in the retention.
0: All right, Douglas, this has been a great conversation. Yeah, it. I
1: want to go into. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you, but um, <laughs> I want to go into. Uh... Some of my semi rapid fire questions All now right? for the, for the end. Uh, first, what book do you think everyone should read?
1: There, there's actually a great book out called uh, from uh, Bev K is her name. And it's called love them or leave them. Uh, let me just grab, cause I think I might've got the title wrong on that. Love them or lose them. Sounds- <laughs> Sorry. Love them or lose them. Oh. And it's, it's really, that's good. Uh, I like
0: yours. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> and it's, it's really got some great tips in there, great suggestions in there for um, how you have to love your employees if you want to keep them and retain them. And if they don't, if they don't see that, you know, that their needs are being met and, and their people are caring and trying to support them in their career, there's a good chance mm-hmm. they, they may head down the road. So that's, that's one of the ones that I recommend.
0: Awesome. Check that one out. Um, What is next for you professionally?
1: You know, as we build our business, Chris, I I think there's a few different things that we could do. Uh, You know, I I think there's there's work around maybe helping managers understand this working from home and hybrid working model. And I've had some initial conversations with some colleagues in this area, and that might be an area that we, we move on to once we get straightened away with our efforts on retention that I think, because I I do believe that the working, not maybe working from home, but at least a hybrid model is probably here to stay for a while. I think employees are pushing Mm -hmm. hard and I, I don't blame them in some regards because they don't have the commute into work. They don't have the high gasoline. They don't spend three hours on the freeway every day. So, uh, that's that's one thing that I think we might move into. Uh, the other side is, uh, you know, if if there was ways to kind of help managers address and support some of the, the mental health uh, stresses and challenges, that might be something that we could look at as well. Uh, finally, where can people find you? Yeah, likely the best place. There's a couple spots. I'll mention a few. Um, our website is www the word manage and then the number two and then the word retain. So manage to retain.com and my personal email address, I can maybe provide that is D Brown. So D for Doug, and then Brown, like the color D Brown at manage to retain.com. And maybe the the third thing is uh, you can just do a search for Douglas Brown on LinkedIn and uh, you can get my LinkedIn profile there. We were fairly active on LinkedIn as well. So, Awesome, I'm sure you will uh, get some more connections uh, I hope coming so. your way. I hope so.
0: So, all right, thank you for joining me for the conversation. Yeah, it's been awesome. Chris,
1: thanks so much. It was uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. So,
0: if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. And for more information on how to build effective and efficient teams through your leadership, visit LeadingForEffect.com. As always, deserve it.